Hey moms! I'm Elizabeth Rago. And I'm Stephanie Donovan. And together we are Modern Domestic Moms. A podcast where we discuss our mama mania, sharing our perceptions and insights as we relate to you and the moms around us. So go ahead and fill your glass. Join in with us on the conversation. Because mama ain't easy. And you don't have to do it alone. Come, Come sip with us! Well, we've got a good one. It's an Ask the Expert episode. We're about due for one of those. And we will have heads of highlights turning because we have a big time global hair guru on the show today. But first, let's pass the bad love. Yes, let's pass some love here. This is a repeat recommendation, friends. We have not done that before, but they're on a new series, and we haven't mentioned them since episode 18. So I'm going to guess that it's safe to say that you might have forgotten we ever recommended them. Okay, so Band of Mothers podcast is a podcast for moms that's not about parenting. These hosts and lifelong friends, Shayna Firm and Tracy T., creators of the Pump and Dump touring comedy show, focus on one central theme over several episodes as they explore life as 40-something women who also happen to be moms. Here's why I like them, and I really do love, love the Band of Mothers podcast. So first of all, they're great examples for us because we always try to bring it back to the mom on our episodes. Look, there are a lot of parenting podcasts out there, and I love them too, and they definitely serve their purpose, but that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, we may talk about parenting topics sometimes, but our purpose is to bring it back to our lives as women and our lives as mothers, and that's what they do too. They do keep the focus on the mom. They offer support laughter, encouragement, and the current focus, why I wanted to bring them up on this episode specifically, is body image. Everything from weight issues to reeky healing to vaginal steaming. I mean, you just have to listen in. Stop. Vaginal steaming? Yeah, they call it Yoni something, and they actually podcasted while they were doing it. The the ladies, the hosts? Yes. Oh my God, I gotta listen to that. (laughs) So yeah, they're just trying everything. They involve the audience. You can call a hotline and give them your story. This series about body image I thought was cool since we're talking hair. So there you go. Okay, well, we're going to talk to my friend Ian. Ian and I have been friends for a very long time, and he's a big-time hair color expert. So we're going to get him on the line and ask him all of our questions about hair color and trends. Ready? Yeah. Today we have Ian Mayer Marzalek. He is a senior national corporate trainer at Schwarzkopf Professional, one of the very top professional beauty companies in the world which is a steep rise to fame from his humble beginnings of doing my hair in his mom's basement and that of the girls of Dinkmeyer Hall in the dorms of Elmhurst College. Ian is an educator of educators, a sought-after professional authority of colors and chemistry who travels internationally to share tips, inspiration, know-how, and strategy of leading hair color trends and how exactly stylists can achieve them for their clients. Also, he's been my BFF since I stole him in 99, so I have a definite in and we're gonna use it. Ian, how are you? I'm gonna use that title you just gave me. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was thinking as I wrote it, I'm totally going to put this into his LinkedIn after we like finish Absolutely. the interview. Absolutely. Totally. Okay. Let's just handle this right away, my dear. Why yep. should we go to a salon to get your hair colored instead of using at-home hair dye? The hot number one question. That's the number one. You know, I'm, I might get shunned for this, but I definitely think that 
there's a place for everything. And what I mean is, you know, I think maybe during the pandemic, you know, with people losing jobs, changing jobs, like changing priorities, I think there's a place for, for everything. You know, as a, as a trained uh, hairstylist, hair colorist, you know, throughout the years, I have the capability to customize whatever you need for your specific hair type, be that curly, coily, thin, fine, you know, coarse, what have you. You know, but maybe there are people who maybe can't afford to go to a salon. And so I would never shame somebody for doing, you know, a box color that works for them. And I mean, if you're going to do it, use Schwarzkopf. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different chemical makeup than you would get in the salon too, correct? Like it's not as full force. True. What we have in salon, I mean, it can be as strong as we need it or as mild as we need it. I think the only should I say downfall about box hair color is that it's like a one size fits all like you know three mm-hmm. different people would buy the same box and get three different outcomes regardless of the beautiful picture of the model on the front so I think that can be a little misleading sometimes yeah it's very jarring also when you mess up because I've done that several times <laughs> <laughs> actually I have to say that was one of my favorite um, pastimes of the pandemic was watching hair fail videos on TikTok <laughs> so those were so funny <laughs> people cutting their bangs. I'm like, don't do it. Uh, what are the hot trends right now? And are we too old for them is basically it. So I'm going to take out my ponytail so you can see my hair, <laughs> which it doesn't do it justice. The lighting doesn't do it justice, but okay. Here's the thing. Like what are the trends, but I can't do a, a, a middle part in my hair because I yeah, look I, like a doofus. Well, I mean, we were out to dinner the other night and our waiter had like a hardcore middle part. And I was like, I see what you're doing there, but. Mm. <laughs> like, does it compliment you? Is that like a good rule? Like go with what compliments you and that, try a trend. That will always be. Yeah. That's always going to be a classic rule. Um, whatever suits you, um, be it a color or a certain shape of a haircut is obviously going to be, you know, what's best, even, even if that's like, quote unquote, not on trend, but I would say, you know, what I'm seeing a lot of is, um, a lot of natural, like baby lights, uh, which are highlights, but just like kind of micro woven into foils, um, anything a little bit more on the natural side, you know, painstakingly overwhelmingly looking difficult, but, um, there's actually a really cool technique where you take a section of somebody's hair and you put a blow dryer to it and it blows out all of like the shorter strands of hair and then you're highlighting what's left in your hand. I, I'm telling you, it is the most flawless technique I've ever seen. I think it's uh, hashtag air touch technique. That's cool. Yeah, it's really so cool. So you're yeah. basically like taking advantage of breakage. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. You're, you're, you're working with what you got. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So what are some old mom trends that we might be embracing that we need to get rid of then. I think I'm sporting one today. I don't think covering, <laughs> and I don't think the- covering your roots with a headband is a bad idea. Um, what I never really understood is people who have really long hair who just constantly tie it up in a ponytail. It's called being a mom, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like, I mean, I don't know. So what's a happy medium? Like, is there a cut that is like easier to do? So you can have long hair, but then my thing is that I can't, I can't dominate my world unless my hair is pulled back. True. Yes. Uh, Love it. I would say it really just depends on your, your hair type and your texture. And I will say one thing that is is just kind of uh, deflating for me as a stylist, when you see somebody come in that has a very specific texture of hair, but the picture they're looking at or they're showing you is, is 
quite the opposite of what they have. And you're like, oh, that's unless you plan on blowing that out every single day and kind of making this happen for you. I think my suggestion would be kind of lean into what you've got and kind of own it. Right. We're going to talk about that for a minute. Don't do's with your stylist, because I think that does happen a lot. Well, let's ask this question then. How long of a root showing is acceptable to you as a colorist? And because here's the thing, remember when it was in to do the Kelly Clarkson blocking, boom, I just got my highlights done. You can see them. There is the line. And now the more naturalism and the bylage and the shadow of the roots are like, make it look like a root, even if you don't have a root. Mm-hmm. So things have really been mixed up. So what's your opinion of like the root look nowadays? Do we have to keep so on top of our color? I think it's actually a blessing. Uh, and I just did it last night. A girlfriend came over and I foiled her hair and the foils were very much like whoop to the root. Um, but I did what's called a shadow root um, so that it didn't like that kind of harsh line right at the root. That was like what everybody died for in like the late nineties. It's just, right. it's, it's too, it's too high maintenance. It's too high. Like you have like a, a look for like what a week until you start seeing some shadow in and of itself. Like, yeah, shadow roots and like, um, like you said, balayage. And there's another <laughs> uh, term in the pro industry called foilage, where you're taking really? sections of hair and like backcombing the top section of it, highlighting the bottom. And if you think about it, when you comb out that backcomb, it gives you like a seamless um, gradation from dark to light, which is actually really cool. What is that called again? What? That foilage. last one, the foil one. Oh, I'm sorry, foilage. Yes, it's it's a combination between foiling and balayage. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds really interesting. I'm gonna have to look up all these trends online because I'm not on trend. But I usually use my mother as a barometer because she will guilt me about my <laughs> outgrowth and say, hmm, "Looks like you need to get your hair done." That's nice. <laughs> So I go with her. She's my barometer for style. Nice. I just think any of these tricks are helpful to know because as moms, like we don't have time to be in the salon to get to the salon half the time. And then honestly, like that's a two hour at least appointment, which is not easy to come by with little kids. So I think any tricks that you can give us to sort of be on that time or to cover us up or make it not look so bad when it needs to be done again would be helpful to our listeners. Yeah. So obviously going for, um, you know, transitional looks like we were talking about dark to light. Um, I will say that foliage and balayage are actually really very much on trend as a result. God, I think it was the 2008 um, kind of market crash. Like trends come from dramas and tragedies and things like that and when people couldn't afford to do their hair they just kind of leaned into like well let's call it a shadow root um and you see that kind of happening again so I think balayage foliage are going to be your most natural and forgiving I guess when it comes to regrowth um but the one I guess fun thing like it's called the money piece which is um like a thicker kind of highlight right Mm -hmm. on your face like the money piece it's it's like that's prime real estate in your head so it's only one kind of thicker highlight that you would need to maintain that really wouldn't take that long. And you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. You can have like these uh, softer, natural highlighting colors, but like, you know, a little, a little drama up front. Yeah. So it like makes you look brighter or whatever, right near the front, which is what you see and people see first. And it's just a couple of pieces right there. Totally. Like, let's look at your hair, Stephanie. Your, your hair is gorgeous. Well, the person that Ian works with does it now. 
talk oh, about I that for Ian a highlight. I thought you said no. I don't make Ian it. do it anymore. <laughs> I would love Ian to do it, but I feel like that's like akin to come over and let's look at my resume. So I don't want yeah. to be like Ian, come drink with me and do my hair. <laughs> so I no longer make Ian do it. No, but decidedly, your hair is really beautiful. Well, thank you. That would be Nikki Torp from Shine Salon mm-hmm. in Weston D. Okay, you're next. So. Let's talk gray. Mm. What do we do? Do we embrace the gray or do we cover it up? Now, if I think if you follow on Instagram, you can see lots of different variations of my outgrowth. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, <laughs> today, like basically today is just white, like a tiny bit of white. And that's just because I got it done mm-hmm. last week. But like, I'm like stark white. It's not even gray. It's not even like a cool hip gray. It's like straight up like granny white. No. <laughs> What's in Ian? Can she <laughs> help me get away I, with it? Uh, I'm firmly in the belief that, you know, when you're trying to fight an uphill battle, every, I call them the three weekers, the people who come in every three weeks for retouch. Um, mm. The trend, quite honestly, is going away from this kind of perfect, saturated, intense, uh, great coverage into more, you know, letting your, your uh, highs and lows, the salt and peppers kind of shimmer through a little bit because I think people are realizing, like, I, I don't have two hours every three weeks to go to the salon. I love you. I love my stylist. I love the salon, but like, it's a lot. So gray blending is actually um, becoming more popular using like a demi permanent color versus a permanent hair color, which is what would give you that, that um, intense coverage. Um, but then uh, our, our brand, for example, has a permanent hair color that just has 50% less ammonia, which means that it's going to give you less coverage. But at the end of the day, it's just a different kind of coverage. I think a lot of people are, stuck on or hell-bent on I have to cover my grays like do you I think that's the question people should kind of start asking like is this do I really want this kind of maintenance well and I think it I think we have to dive a little deeper there because (laughs) (laughs) I think as we grow older as women like my husband is completely salt and pepper. No, I was going to say, it's never like, going to be fair. Silver Fox, you know, because the guys get away with it. Yeah. But then once I start growing like my hair out, then I hear now I should just say you and, <laughs> you know, own my gray hair. But I, it's like, I almost have to transition yep. into the acceptance. Yeah. So can you help people transition into that? Like, you don't have to go like stark. I mean, you can, but you can't. It's a process, yeah. right? To go from like this to gray. There's actually, um, that actually is another trend, you know, as uh, we realize that trends come from financial situations, periods in time, blah, blah, blah. Um, COVID actually allowed people to not need to cover up their gray and just kind of like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to own this and I'm going to be gray. So, you know, <laughs> I have you know, been in the grocery store and seen somebody in the middle of a grow out from, I used to color my hair every three weeks. Now I'm embracing my gray. And I'm like, Oh, gray. That's a lot of look. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like uh, it's, but it was the one thing I will say that could possibly make it easier is just, you know, break it up with like some highlights, you know, just to kind of take away from that stark contrast from the, the intense, you know, gray, white hair to the super colored ends. But, you know, speaking of trends, that actually is a, uh, transformations. Uh, if you look up on Instagram, like um, gray, white uh, transformations or whatever, there are a few colorists who've mastered the art of highlighting in such a fine weave that it almost exactly mimics gray hair. And it's it's very popular and you kind of only need to do it once or twice. And then you can just let your grays shine through. Yeah. While you're growing it out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of it on Instagram lately too. Jillian Harris, really mm-hmm. popular follow for people in like decor and design, past bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Um, she just started growing out her grays and people were like, what are you doing? Like freaking out. And it was during COVID. She's like, well, this is my real hair. So I'm going to try this for a while. Sorry if you don't like it. Yeah, but it just, it will never be fair with men and women because Mm-mm. when a guy gets gray, it's like, yeah, the silver fax look. He looks it's charming. And then I'm just going to look like a swamp witch with like <laughs> bags under my eye. I, I mean, that's how I feel. Like at least my hair color now detracts from my old face. <laughs> but I feel like if I go gray and with this face, I'm going to be like, well, you have to like it too. You no, I, I know. So, but I like the idea of gradually going with the process and then talking with my therapist about accepting myself. <laughs> wow. This is getting therapeutic. Yeah. I'm just going to go to the Botox studio, but you can talk to your therapist. Oh, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Side convo. I wrote a book about a girl who changes her hair color and her hairstyle based on what's going on in her life. It's like a coping skill. Oh, yeah. And that was me in college. Yeah, anyway. I was, was going to say a lot of people change their hair color or it. chop it off based on what's it. Because that, you know, that not that you are like, we're here to talk about color, but that's the mom thing to do, right? The new mom thing, chop your hair off. Mm. Yeah, don't you remember that? Like all new moms, you go in and you chop your hair off. That's just something. And I think it's just because they don't have time for the upkeep. They don't have time to take care of themselves. So they need less to do with themselves and they're pouring it into an infant. Sure. I actually got a pixie cut. Ooh, like I went straight for the pics. Oh yeah. Cut. You should see pictures of her with short hair for real. For a long time, you read that. Maybe we can post some. Okay. <laughs> I love it. What are some other common misconceptions that you find about hair color care? Like keeping it up, keeping it fresh, protecting your color, anything. What are some misconceptions? Mm. Misconceptions. Uh, well, I'll start with like some old adages that are definitely, they, they, they just make sense. If you have uh, color treated hair, cooler water is going to be best because heat, it, it, heat is a catalyst. And, and what it does is it swells your hair cuticle open. And when that happens, there's more potential for your color to fade. I would say if you could find products that have UV filters in them, that will also definitely help prolong, uh, you know, color treated hair. I mean, and I'm thinking like specifically redheads, but blondes as well you know when you do a a nice pastel toner on a blonde like they want to keep it Mm -hmm. um uh, backed up uh professional products are definitely always going to be your best friend versus uh, i don't want to blanket it because it's not a bad thing but like drugstore shampoos tend to be um or can rather can be a smidge more on the alkaline side Um, and alkalinity also swells your hair cuticle open which then in turn provides some fadage so just being nice, gentle, cool water, professional products that have, you know, lower pHs because acidity uh, is the opposite of alkalinity. So it's going to tighten your cuticle, keeping your color in and yeah, know what you're using. I mean, the thing that kills me as a hairstylist is somebody's willing to come in and pay, I don't know, 152, $300 for this beautiful color and then refuse to go the extra, I mean, in for a penny and for a pound, just get the $15 shampoo and take like, yeah, go for it. You, you just spent all of this money. And you're talking like color safe shampoos and conditioners. Yes. Okay. Can you disclose a favorite brand? I mean, obviously. <laughs> uh, He's got the Schwarzkopf Professional. I'll tell you it's in my shower. Schwarzkopf. Yeah. They, we have, we have amazing <laughs> products that are all designed for, uh, you know, keeping your color in. There are some uh, Fiber Clinics was a brand that we launched in the, there's a specific sub range in there called Vibrancy, which has everything to do with 
you know, keeping your color. But if I were going to even step out of my own brand, um, Alterna. Alterna is a fabulous luxury brand that is also geared towards being very color safe. I'm going to have got two ends of the price scale there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. Cause I'm, you know, with red, it's like a, a constant battle trying to keep it like fresh and vibrant. And I've gone the, the dry shampoo route, mm-hmm. which some, but sometimes I just go too far. I just go too many days. Well, let's talk about it. I know <laughs> I'm going to give you an opportunity to yell at me about this and you know, I don't do it, but how often <laughs> should we be washing our hair? Oh, the age old question. Uh, I, Especially I, I in regards answers. to color. Yeah. Mm. I have two answers for that. The first is to, it depends on your texture. You know, if you have curly to coily uh, hair types, gravity is not on your side because curls tend to grow up and out rather than, you know, straighten down. Um, and so the oils from your natural scalp don't have a chance to really like spread onto that hair. So curly and coily textures definitely want to, you know, a fewer and farther between with shampoos. Whereas I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, I'm an offender myself. I shampoo every day um, because I feel like it, it makes me greasy. Um, And I'm not a fan of dry shampoos personally for me. I think they're magnificent. If you've got long, you know, thick hair and you, yeah, once every three days for shampooing and, and dry shampoo in between is, I would say probably a, uh, an average. Of I sorts. feel better. I feel better about myself for that one because I'm, I'm like average, you know, I'm consistently doing like three days. Here's, I hear something else though that I don't think people think about. You don't necessarily need to shampoo your hair every day. You can get under the uh, shower head and, you know, massage your scalp and like, you know, move things around and just rinse your hair every day. Um, that would uh, in, make a huge difference in the health, the shine, the strength of your hair, just like, you know, allowing those natural oils just to kind of disperse along I the hair strand. That. Because I, I feel like since I've been dry shampoo crazy, I'm very dry. Like my hair is really dry, like to the point where it's, mm-hmm. it's having the, the, the reverse effect that I wanted. But I do kind of feel like I've been um, oily. I, I know this show isn't about me, but let's make it about me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I have another question. You know the color shampoos? So when my yeah. hair gets brassy, when I need color again, I'll, I sometimes I'll use like a blue or a purple depositing shampoo. Can you mm-hmm. talk about those and if they are helpful or if you advise against them? 100%. So for, for the blondes out there, um, who are, um, I'll say, afraid of toners in salon because they feel like it makes their hair dull or they, you know, the toner would take away the brightness of my blonde. Um, one thing that's definitely helpful would be a violet-based shampoo. Uh, more so than a, uh, I mean, I'm sure they're out there and I, I don't, I'm, I would never speak ill of another company or another brand, but I, there are um, kind of blue uh, shampoos out there. Um, but you know, think back to kindergarten and the color wheel, if your hair is glaring yellow and you have a blue shampoo, what color are you going to turn your hair? Green. Green. So a violet based shampoo, um, being, you know, violet is blue and red will definitely help to stave off any kind of creeping brassiness or, you know, toner fadage when like the, the yellowness comes up and, um, and, and oh God, anymore, they're just so popular. There are light uh, violet shampoos all the way to like, we have one called goodbye yellow, which is an intense 
blue, blue violet pigment. Um, and it looks scary. Like you put it in your hands, you're like, holy shit. It looks I'm like paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's fun, actually. I like doing it when it's like time to go. Yeah. I've only done the violets, but there are, I am noticing now on the bottles, some of them are like for ashy yeah. blondes, for bright blondes, for platinum, for like, you really have to pick where you are on the blonde spectrum. The only complaint that I've heard along the years with violet based shampoos is that they, uh, and again, depending on the brand, they can be a little drying. Um, and then as a colorist, my worst, um, <laughs> not worst nightmare, but like a nightmare to a colorist is somebody who like, I use purple shampoo every day, twice a day, three times a day, like where it's like, it, it Ooh, they no. come in and it's almost gray and they're like, well, my, now my blonde's not bright. Like, yeah. You just killed it with violet for the last, like, you know, month. So switch it up. I would say. Yeah. You should only use it like once every week at the most. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And only when it starts to fade. So let's talk specifics. Like the, is it balayage or biolage? Biolage. So yeah. biolage is a shampoo that's made by Matrix. Um, a balayage is the oh. art of sweeping, uh, which is basically hand painting uh, your hair. Yeah, oh, that's what we're talking you. about. The painting <laughs> one. So first of all, can you explain what it is mm-hmm. and if it's still in and if it's worth to pay you know, a good chunk and an investment. Is it good to invest in? Balayage is actually a a great investment for a lot of reasons. One, you don't need to do it as often as traditional foiling because it's not something that's like right to the root, sharp, stark. Um, It is a softer feel. You can cover more areas. So if you're looking to make a a bigger change, like you really want to go lighter, balayage is a great way to do it because you're you're covering bigger surfaces, I guess, than we would with like a little skinny foil. I would uh, caution uh, people to do your research. And, you know, if you're going in for quote unquote, a full balayage and, you know, 350 bucks sounds like it's too much for you. I would, I would shop around. I mean, you're going to pay for what you get, honestly, is, is the point I'm trying to get at. I've seen some bad balayages looking all busted and crazy and like choppy and, um, bleed marks. And yeah, you definitely want to, you know, look up on Instagram, like who is the stylist of the salon you're going to have the, what does their work look like? You know, kind of see, you know, what people are putting out there, but, um, that what I like about it is that it, you can, I mean, I have balayage clients that come to me twice a year, uh, you know, so yes, it's three, four 500 bucks, but that's, you know, spaced out twice, maybe three times a year versus every eight weeks with foils. Um, I think it's just a, uh, do you like that kind of sharp, bright you know crisp blonde do you do are you cool with like just a little bit of warmth and uh like a softer kind of a highlighted feel the thought of only going to get my hair colored every like twice a year yeah makes me want to (laughs) faint i'm that three to four week girl yeah Mm -hmm. well depends what you like too totally so let's talk about i find i didn't write this question down but Nowadays, there's a lot of independent salons, right? Where you go in and everyone sort of pays their own chair and it's just like a group of professionals. And I would say it's hard to know what color they're using in the back room, how, like what you're going to get. What are, do you have advice for like, should you be asking like, what color do you use? Or sometimes you just don't know when you go to the neighborhood salon, like what you're going to get and who's doing it. So one piece of advice you said, and I would fully agree is to like know their body of work 
Instagram really helps with this, or if they have a Facebook page or they have some place where they are putting maybe their, their website or the salon's website, the work yeah. that they have specifically done, because I always try to go to somebody who is good with blondes. That's just what mm-hmm. I want. And then there are people who are good with brunettes or reds and things like that. So do you have advice as more of these salons? Because they really are more and more popping up where they're not just all affiliated with one brand, right? Yeah. I mean, being a, a salon, we call them in, in the pro industry, it's um, suite rentals or like independent or commission right. salon is how we kind okay. of categorize. Um, I worked at a commission salon, so you paid the front desk and I got a percentage of what you paid. The good part in that is that I didn't have to worry about paying electric bills, ordering color, like the salon owner did all of that. So I liked that environment when I was behind the chair. Now I can see the appeal of people doing these salon suites where, uh, and that that actually isn't even kind of segmented. You've got a salon where each person pays rent and does their own thing. Right. And then you have salon suites, which are like, I think they're really cool. They're like these little, I don't know, 10 by 10 rooms that are outfitted with maybe a chair or two, a shampoo bowl and like your own little world. Um, And I think that's where social media has become so prevalent because how would I know to go, you know, into a salon suites and just who do I pick? Why? I mean, like the stylists have to be really good about marketing themselves and, um, you know, kind of putting out there what you're good at, like, what do you specialize in? And it's actually a, a piece of advice that I give to new hairstylists uh, in the industry. I'm like, yeah, learn it all, do it all, learn it all, cut, color, perm, like do all of that, but pick what is it that sets you apart from these other 10 suites in this whole place, like braiding, balayage, uh, redheads, like, you know, every, somebody, you got to have like your, your thing as like a calling card. So like you go to a blonde stylist, you go to somebody that likes, you know, redheads. I go to a very specific barber because of what I like and what he does. So it's, um, it's not hard, I would say anymore to kind of find the kind of stylist you're looking for who has a niche clientele or uh, specializes, I guess, in something. Right. And not everyone cuts and colors. Like oh, I go I to two different my people. way out of a box. <laughs> I, I know. I always think about you saying that you're like, you do not want me to cut your hair. No, no, <laughs> no. And so, and I really like who cuts my hair and then I really like who colors my hair. And those are just two different things and I'm not mixing them. And yeah. Yeah. So it's okay to, to specialize as well. And, but no shade to the people out there who do do both and are passionate about cutting and coloring because then they, you know, it's, it's, I, I would even say that's a skill that I don't have because they see the whole vision in their head and they can execute it with their own hands, you know, one mind, one head, like get into it. I was not that person. I, you know, my salon, when I was behind the chair was, it's called departmentalized where you cut or you were chemical. Um, And I was a colorist and I would hand off my my clients to an assistant who would shampoo them and then take them away to the stylist. And, you know, I might see them on the way out, which was kind of disappointing because you like to see your work when it's all, when it's all done. But um, yeah, it's just two different worlds. It depends on what you're looking for. So am I going to offend you as a stylist? If I ask you what kind of product you use, like what, if I'm shopping around for a new stylist and I want to make sure that you're Mm -hmm. not, I mean, I shouldn't shame using Maybelline in the back. But no, like, is it okay for me to ask? And what are like red flags of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing? Like anything in life, there are varying levels of hair color brands out there from what I would respectfully call value brands to, you know, like a Schwarzkopf professional who I work for, which is a little bit more on the premium side. So 
at the end of the day, I mean, you get what you pay for, uh, both the stylist and the client. You know, there's every hair color brand out there has its place, um, you know, to, I can't afford to dip by this, or, you know, I like this line because they, you know, supposedly have great blondes or whatever. So I think from a, from a client perspective, like from, like, you know, from where you guys are sitting to me, like, how would you know what to look for uh, in terms of like, oh, that's a good hair color brand versus I've heard that's not. Um, maybe I should, yeah, scr- maybe I, mean, I should scratch that question. <laughs> do, does anyone even ask that? Oh, I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> no, I'm like, I don't like the golds that this brand has. That's how bad I am. But I also grew up with this yeah. one on the other line. <laughs> oh, 100%. There are, you know what? There are colorists out there who will say uh, a hair color is a hair color is a hair color as long as you know what you're doing. Um, I beg to differ. I mean, there are, you know, special pigments and care ingredients and, you know, very skillfully mastered tubes of color that are, you know, designed to do very specific things and, you will also find sometimes that there's a brand that just doesn't work well with your hair. Like there was a brand, yeah. I loved the stylist, but the, what she used on my hair seemed to wash out like right away. My hair just wouldn't keep mm. it. And that's just, my hair can be really weird. And it just, I couldn't use that color brand with my hair. So I had to change stylists. Mm-hmm. And again, I, 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 it's super annoying that I keep saying it, but um, a lot of this has to do with natural texture if you have, I mean, Stephanie, I know of you for years, like you're, you have like your hair yeah. strands are, are coarse. And so you kind of need rocket fuel to get you blonde, which, you know, you wouldn't think um, versus somebody who's got fine hair or super curly hair um, that, and, and texture is such a, it has always been, always should have been, but is a little bit more of a topic now. Um, you know, I have curly hair, I have coily hair. Um, it, it's, the hair is like fabric and, and there's so many different kinds and you can't just, you know, yeah. You know, one size fits all, I guess. And use that phrase again. <laughs> okay. So what are the best ways for us to explain to our stylist what we want? Like what, what does the stylist want to hear? Ooh. Okay. Every stylist is different. My favorite thing, uh, if I'm going to do somebody's hair, let's say for the first time, I think about our, our girlfriend, Michelle, she was like this mousy, you know, dark blonde dishwater. And and she's got like these like light pale skin with like freckles and like greenish bluish eyes. And like, um, hello, redhead, that's what you need to be. And any color world, blondes, reds, you know, there's, there's so many avenues. So my favorite thing as a stylist, let me get to the point, um, is if you have something in mind, put together like a little picture board. Like, I think this is chunky. I think this is a fine weave. I think this is gold. Well, I think this is gold. Like the interpretations of just colors. Yeah. Like get put six people in, in a room and say, <laughs> what color is this? Well, they'll be, oh, it's graphite. It's silver. It's gray. You know, like, so for me, pictures are the best because they're, they're a common playing ground where you get to point mm-hmm. out and say, I think this is copper and this is red copper. And I want this. And I can look at that and be like, oh, she has no idea what she's talking about. Or she nailed it on the head. And okay, cool. Now I know what to go for. So Pictures are literally worth a million words when it comes to conveying what you have in your head. I actually keep a hair album on my phone. And I think mm-hmm. what is even better, one more, is pictures of you, your hair, not just somebody you saw in a magazine, but your hair when you liked it, because you know you can achieve that. It's real hard to bring in like Jennifer Aniston and say, I want that cut. I want that color. Well, your hair is very different from her hair. So I, I like to keep like pictures of, oh, I want to go back to this. 
That's really good. And I will say there are two, uh, you nailed it on the head, actually. There are two questions out of a handful uh, when I teach consultation to hairdressers um, is tell me a time or show me a picture when you loved your hair. And then tell me or show me a time when there was something about your hair that you hated. Because that right there kind of can really clear up a lot of, you know, what you're thinking about. Um, And I think, and, and if, you know, to those listening, if you go to a new stylist and they don't ask you, what do you, what have you had that you hated? Or like, what don't you like? that question alone really just clears up. Okay. Well, I'm not going to use this on her. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be sure to do that. Like pictures and what did you love most? And what did you hate most about your hair? Could, I mean, easily be a, a consultation right there. Nobody has ever asked me that question, those questions. Hmm. Ever. Your red flag. <laughs> Run. What is happening? This, this is why I look like this. Well, and I think cool and warm, there are people who don't like warm and there are people who don't like cool. And it just totally depends what you're going for. That's how pictures can really help. But I would say that'd be a huge red flag if uh, a stylist doesn't do a consult, like doesn't sit down with you beforehand. If they just assume like you're getting what you had before or Mm -hmm. whatever, like you, you need to be good at talking and saying okay what are you thinking do you want to change show me some pictures like that should be something that a stylist does right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean it's kind of a joke in the industry but um you know stylists who have your color mixed up before you even get there it's kind of like oh really like um yeah I mean like they should be taking the time at least so yeah so what if you come to me every two to three weeks I should at least be checking in with you to see, Hey, is that working? Is that color working? Um, did you like that? How did that work out for you? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there should always be at least a little consultation, even if you are a regular client of every two to three weeks. Is it annoying if someone says I'm bored, just make it look cute. (laughs) Like you have creative control, do what you will. That's literally (laughs) what I say to my stylist. Well, (laughs) I think it depends on your personality. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, no, uh, no, th- no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my stylist, she hates me. She has to, this hate could me. be the truth. So if you've been coming to me for years and I kind of know your limits, then, th- then yeah. Okay. We can, we can kind of explore what that means to you, but, um, from, from mild <laughs> to wild, like that could mean a lot of it. Like if Stephanie came in and said, do whatever you want. No, I know I knew, what that I knew means. you were going to use me. <laughs> I know if I go in, I'm like, I just want to be different. He's like, or no, he'll tell my stylist, don't go more than a level nine. She'll lose her mind. True story. <laughs> she thinks she wants this, but she doesn't see, but I have Ian in my back pocket. <laughs> I show the text. I'm like, Ian said this, do this, mm-hmm. but not everyone has an Ian in their back pocket. No, apparently I, not. <laughs> but every, everybody has limits. And I think it's, I hear my personal opinion and people might like it or, or, or not. When you say that to a stylist, you're begging for a, a, a trauma, a disaster, because they're going to yeah. do what they've seen on Instagram or what's happening in modern salon or American salon or salon today. And like what they want to try. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, you know what, though? No one will ever do it. I want to be like crazy and they're, everyone's scared. 
Or they say, they'll say, I'm not doing that. I don't know. <laughs> there needs to be a hairstylist therapist for me, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to post on Instagram all the pictures of all my different hairstyles and colors. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a question, the interviewers. Okay. Um, what was something that a stylist did on you that you were like, oh, I should have said something or I should have been more clear or... I had this friend Ian in high school that would make me do hair shows. <laughs> Actually, you never colored me crazy. We just did some crazy designs and things. And then I would have to walk in hair shows. And I mean, I wish I had the pictures. Like my hair would be up in like fans and shit. But oh, yeah. But yeah, that was just because that was how you showed your work, right? For like certain things, like to get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So you do see, actually, that's a great question. You see posted all the time. I need five people who want this type of cut or whatever, because people are trying to, I don't know what they're doing, getting certification or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you, if you, uh, as a stylist, if you work at a salon worth its salt, they will have uh, it's typically Mondays because that's the hairdresser holiday. Cause we work on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, education is typically done in salons on Mondays. And usually there's like a, a color director or a cutting director, if you will, in a salon, you have to like earn your stripes. And so you're bringing in, we call them models um, to practice haircuts or, or color techniques on. Um, and, and a lot of salons will have stages where like you have to do this many models for this technique. And then you move on to dot, dot, dot it's, it's great because it helps us. We, we get to learn, you know, on the spot, on the job, like, you know, with different hair types and textures or whatever, it's almost always like a reduced or free kind of a service to the person. Cause you're, you're hooking them up by being a model and they don't necessarily always know what they're doing quite yet. So you might get, you know, a little bleed mark or something, but who cares? Um, well, if they really mess you up, the director's probably going to fix it. Right. It's- yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I actually was that person in my old salon and, Within reason, I would let people fall on their face. You know, if I knew something was going to, oh God, this is going to be a bigger mess for me. Like, I don't want to clean that up. So I definitely would steer the, steer the car in a different direction. But, uh, you know, within reason, I'd let them like, oh, that's what it's going to bleed. I'm going to let it happen. But, you know, it was underneath or something. You can't see it. But yeah, it's important. It's an important part of growing up as a stylist is to have models in the salon. What about you? Anything that you hated? Well, after my first child, I had, I did cut my hair off. Now it wasn't the pixie that time. I did the pixie after my second child, but I did like this bob and I did let my original hair grow out, which was a very like mousy brownish blondish. It it was not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that combination of just like this bob and like my actual hair color, I I'll, I'll post a picture Mm -hmm. of it. It's heinous. Um, And maybe that's why I'm scared to go back to my, my um, original color, but now my original color is white. So, um, which now I look like a shove all the time. Anyway, I have negative self-talk. Ooh, I have one more. Yeah. One time there was something happening and it was trending with a super short bang. Oh God, never. And I said, I think I want to try that super short bang. And the stylist at the time went, okay. And she did it super quick. There was no like time to think. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) She probably hated me too. I can't do a bang. I was going to say, you know, this isn't a, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, scolding anybody, but what really, and this is, it's like an inside joke in the industry just for everybody who's listening to the stylists who are cutting hair out there, a trim 
is the same thing as a haircut. Yes. It should cost the same. We're going through the same motions, the same sections where, you know, whether I cut off a dusting of your ends or a full-blown inch, I'm doing the same amount of work. Like, yeah. so I think that the clients who are like, oh, you know, I, I just need to trim, you know, so it's not that much. Like, no, it's still going to be $85 or whatever the case might be because it's a haircut. Right. It's just called something else, but it's a haircut. Are so, people saying that? Um, I, yeah. And, and expecting discounts for it as well. Like expecting stylists to like, well, my haircuts are normally 75, but it's just a trim. So I'll just charge you 30. No, it's, it's a haircut. And say how much. <laughs> like, oh, an inch or two, like two inches can look like a lot, you know, a big deal. Like say this much or this much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can be shocking. You know, just don't be a cheap ass. People are doing, and <laughs> people have an artistry, this talent and they're dealing with your stupid face. So just pay them what you came to them for. She really gets I will to the it. core of the issue. I will say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of, um, I think about like my hair, for example, I have like a, you can't see it on the screen, but I have, you know, it's short up front. I get like the faded on the sides, but I have like a, a full-blown like little mini mullet in the back. And you know what's funny? That is the trend amongst men that is carrying on. And do you know why? Most of us had to because cut. Because of Jordan Knight in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us had to cut our own hair at home during the height of the pandemic. And once you get to oh. a certain point, you can't see the back of your head. So you just let it grow long. So this is this is a trend that's come from necessity. And, and rather than fight it, you just kind of lean into it. And like, now it's cool. You make it like a little tail with an edge or something like funny like shadow roots you think about like when people couldn't afford like there's so much that happens with fashion and and hair trends as a result of the world and and kind of what's happening in it but you like also to try on trends and to sort of be like if you had a super boring cut and you're walking in being the big boss in all these salons people would be like what's he doing like you've always kind of tried different things yeah I mean I'm looking down and I have black uh sparkled toe polish on and I'm wearing cheetah shorts (laughs) from all saints and a v-neck white t-shirt and yeah I'm a lot of look today actually it's a good thing where (laughs) our listeners can't see what's happening here (laughs) all right well where can listeners follow you uh my instagram handle is at ian hairspray um I post a lot there but um we do, I do a lot of content, both short and long form content on the Schwarzkopf Professional USA YouTube page. People out there, if you're looking for like hair inspirations or, you know, I want to know what my stylist is talking about when he says, oh, mix up seven and six and a little, what you know, but it'd be fun for somebody to just to kind of learn a little bit about like what the industry is like and, and what goes on behind the chair, if you will. Um, so yeah, you can, I do a lot of content there, mainly aimed and targeted towards pro hairdressers, but I think anybody would, I think you were on my live the other night, Stephanie, I was talking about I know. Um, hair color, like manipulation, na, 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 and I was like, oh, we were learning about diluting color. Yes. I, yeah, <laughs> she's a good student. No, I just like to see, I just like want to support you and what you do, but I don't want to be like outed as the non-professional. So I don't <laughs> ask questions. I just go, oh, that looks great. <laughs> Oh, what a good step. Good job, Ian. That's all I said. I was on the line. I was like, oh, Steph, Steph, hi. hi. You kind of get threw me off. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to be like, why are you on here? <laughs> oh my God, that was too funny. I thought for sure. I'm like, God, she's got to be incredibly bored listening to me talk about like, <laughs> pH and like pigment dilution and what developers to mix with to create. Da, da, da. I'm like, I would have fallen asleep. But Be a supportive friend. 
Yes. And I have, I have listened to a good handful of MDM podcasts. Hashtag super domestic. <laughs> I okay. love everything. All right. Well, follow Ian at Ian Hairspray. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. This is fun. Well, I've got a lot to think about. Yeah. And we're going to post all <laughs> kinds of hair. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. We love you. And uh, we'll talk of to you course. soon. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Well, what do you think, Elizabeth? Are you enlightened? You're now going to walk into your salon and know exactly what to say? No, I think I should leave my salon. (laughs) No, I feel like I have a lot to reflect on. Ian's given me some good points, and I think I'm going to take that and just marinate over it for several weeks while I grow my hair out a little bit. Yeah, and you know what you can do, too, is go back, like he said, and look through different phases of hair color, you're going to find something, oh, I really liked when I was like that. And then you can take those photos in and say, I want to go more this way or that way. Loved that suggestion. And I'm going to do that. I think that'll be fun. Well, good. I'm so happy. Or just let me pick. I'm just going to. Oh, yes. (laughs) I want to see you in fuchsia. Oh, there was a filter. There's a filter. I'm going to send. I threw myself through a filter on the TikTok. On the TikTok. On the TikTok. And I didn't post. I sent it to my mother and said, hey, I got my hair done. And she like flipped out. (laughs) That is awesome. I want to see that filter. I will send it. Cheers to you. Cheers to us. Cheers to moms. Come sip with us again next week.